Everybody, welcome to the special edition of UJ Sports Live. I'm your host, Roddy DeBulsey. I'm joined by Jim Donna, the Hall of Famer, former Georgia head football coach. The main reason everyone is tuning in to watch is to hear what Coach Donna has to say. I'm also joined by Blaine Gilmer, a special guest we have, our recruiting expert at UJSports.com. <laughs> Jed May, we could have him on, but he's all he's still working. So uh, we're, we're going to jump to Blaine because uh, Blaine's going to recap everything for us. And, of course, Dane Young, who runs the whole thing and without whom uh, we'd be – just uh, SOL. So glad to have you guys with me. Glad to have everybody tuning in with us on a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Normally we do this show on Tuesdays at noon, but we wanted to recap signing day. It was a very good signing day for Georgia. Things, one of the better signing days I've had in a long time because Kirby does so much before the uh, signing day gets here that a lot of people feel like signing day is kind of a letdown. But uh, when you got everything in the bank, there's not a whole lot to grab. So uh, five new, let me put this here, two commits that were our sign who were previously committed signed and you got three new commits so quite the signing day coach don and let's uh bring you in and have you uh, kind of give us your overall thoughts and if you would pepper uh blaine with some questions let's let's yeah, let's, I'm put gonna, on, let's put him on the horns we'll check out blaine's ass tonight and see how he's going there <laughs> see if it's tight or loose and what we're going to do but basically uh welcome everybody on a wednesday night and it's really uh Fantastic night for Georgia. I mean, uh, yeah. any way you look at it, uh, you look at the total class and you look at also the fact that we've got some extra scholarships out there to help us with the portal. Uh, for everybody that doesn't know, you get seven extra to uh, help you this year so you can keep that level at 85. Usually you sign 25 and maybe lose 25. But this year, you know, we've already had several guys transfer, and I think that's a really good uh, situation NCA helped everybody do. Some schools are using them exclusively for uh, teams that really need to rebuild exclusively for transfers, and others like Georgia and Alabama and the powerhouses are basically uh, fortifying the younger players that you can have for three or four years instead of just taking seven uh, transfers. We'll take some more transfers, and we'll probably have some guys leave our squad here in a, after uh, spring workouts after they see where they are in a pecking order. But overall today, if we could just go to you real quick here, uh, Blaine, and I don't want you to feel real pressed, but, you know, basically you got about 10 seconds on every question. So uh, <laughs> uh, tell us about the two guys that, that we got in the fold that really uh, were supposed to. Oh, Dylan Bell, he's a guy who he, ironically enough, saw some people put out there. He's kind of built like a Debo Samuel, right? He's kind of a running back receiver type hybrid that he was used in high school, and he's there with Brian McLennan who coached uh, Debo. And now then, of course, you also had Darius Smith who's really long, uh, can really get after the quarterback, cause some turnovers there at Appen County. So he's going to be used well on the edge. Yeah, I agree with both of that. And I think the fact that uh... – Coach Munkin was really high on uh, Bell, uh, kind of like he was A.D. Mitchell. I mean, he went in there to Houston and, and analyzed that and uh, figured that these guys could fit in. And that's one thing that coaches do as compared to, say, recruiters or people on these websites. You look at your present squad and see how a guy would fit in and, and, and can kind of uh, conceptualize how it would look for this guy in your program. And, I know Munkin knows what he wants as far as, uh, you know, route running, as far as 
being able to make plays after the catch. And I think this guy could be a lot like Kyrus Jackson. Uh, they could be a, a guy that catch the ball and run with it. And we didn't get a lot out of Kyrus this year because he was hurt, but I feel like we will next year. So then going on into the, to the rest of the day, we had a couple of guys pop up that, uh, you know, we were hoping we'd get, but uh, let's go to those three guys and tell us what you uh, see about what the future lies for those three new Bulldogs. Well, Kristen Miller is a guy that I think, you know, we put in future cast for him in August. We were we thought at any time he could turn into being a Georgia Bulldog, and he finally announces on signing day today. I see him kind of being almost like a Devontae Wyatt-type player, a, a guy that could play three techniques, slide down to shade if he needed to, really gets after it. Also, uh, able to sign EJ Lightsey, who's a sideline-to-sideline type linebacker, probably need to add a little bit of weight. He'll do that with the, you know, strength and conditioning and the nutrition program but he's a solid tackler in space and then Andrew Paul that's the one that I uh didn't get right on my thing I thought Clemson was going to get in and uh, get him late I I thought that was what but Andrew Paul uh go ahead and finish up and then we'll say a few things about I was just gonna say honestly he reminds me a lot watching his high school tape of how Kendall Milton looked coming out of high school the 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 uh, Ability to move laterally and then burst forward and, and be able to run away from defenses, put up 1,100 yards and 16 touchdowns in his final three games of his high school career. That's uh, that's pretty good for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I think he, you know the biggest thing with him is the league he played in in Texas compared to some of these uh, five star guys. He probably didn't get uh, as much publicity as far as you know the guys that really are uh, the more highly recruited. But I know this. The man, the legend, the myth, Dell McGee. When, when push came to shove, and he had to make a move on this guy compared to the kid in Tennessee, uh, I felt like that he he really felt like that this was a guy we needed more for our team with cooking and and uh, Samir leaving, and so uh, that's what happened. And he made that move on the kid and that impressed him. I mean, you know, when when Coach McGee talks, I mean, it's like E.F. Yeah, Hutton. I mean, he's a very well thought of coach. <laughs> around the country, he's very uh, astute at, at analyzing players. And uh, I know that he told me, which I can say on the record, about a week and a half ago, I said, what's the deal on this Andrew Paul out there? I said, is he a backup for if in case we lose the other guy? He said, no. He said, we're making a big move on him. He said, if we lose the other guy, we'll lose him, but we need to get him. So that, that worked out really good for us. And I'm happy about the fact that, uh, you know, that room looks like a hungry room from the standpoint, all these guys have got to come out there and make their mark. You know, uh, McIntosh has done some things. Milton's been hurt. Uh, we know what Edwards can do. So, basically, they, they still haven't been in the frying pan where everything's counting on them, you know, where they've been the, – where they got to be the man. And now you bring these two war daddies in here, these big, strong, physical guys to go with that, and we got a really good room. I think our offense is going to be just a, a really good next year. I mean – probably among the better ones we've had here with that old line and those tight ends. And we got enough good receivers. So that, that was an interesting day for us uh, around the country. Uh, we'll hit this one more thing here. Uh, I think you and I talked about Blaine off the air that we, you know, we were, we made a push for Shamar Stewart, but uh, basically he was in the box there for A&M all the way, wasn't he? Yeah, and he even, you know, got the latest push from Miami, a hometown, his hometown, and, and Mario Cristobal, they went really hard after him. I think at midnight on the contact period opened up. They were at his house waiting for him, like ready to go, and they made a huge push 
Georgia had him in for a visit. It just never got to the point where Georgia was going to overtake A&M and obviously Miami either. So uh, A&M did a good job recruiting him uh, for the for the long haul. Nick Williams over there uh, building a relationship with him and, and some other guys. Of Nick course, James, bullshit is James Coley all the way. And I, I, and I was about to mention <laughs> James Coley being the being and the guy James with his – in Miami is the, is Miami, the mayor. I don't yeah. mean to be smart to you, Blaine. He yeah. is the mayor of Miami, absolutely. Nick gets too much credit for some of this stuff. But he's a young coach. He'll be okay. But uh, let me just yeah. tell you this. James Coley is one of the better recruiters ever in, yeah. in South Georgia. I mean, South Florida. I'm talking about – and I'm not on the – James Coley trained, but you look at the results that they had, they got two of the top five players out of Florida at Texas A&M. Have oh, you ever yeah. been to that town? I mean, <laughs> uh, that, that's an unbelievable, uh, a, an unbelievable get. And I think when you look at uh, Mario Cristobal, if he would have hired Kevin Steele maybe a week earlier, that would have given a lot of cred to that program because Kevin Steele, we know what kind of defensive coordinator he's been at Auburn and, and the way he's worked at Alabama and all that. But, uh, that you know, when you don't have a guy in charge, it's hard to sell a program. But, you know, that Miami link really is tough on kids to leave that area when they start hitting all those X's on you and all that. And so at the end, you made a good point. They made a big push, but too little, too late. And uh, this A&M class, any way you look at it, I, I know our rivals has them second behind Alabama, but I think that's based on different kind of people analyzing them. But uh, they got seven guys that just are instant players, I think. And uh, but still remains they got to change their offense. They got to find some way to get out of that 1990 offense and and score points and then do some things in some of these games. They lost to three teams last year. They should have, you know, you can't lose to three teams in your division like they did. They did beat Bama, uh, and they you know, didn't get to play in the bowl game. But uh, that's a good analysis of those five. But how about overall, as far as our needs, Blaine, what did you think were our number one needs and how did we fill those? And, and also take a little time and what didn't we get that you thought we might get more of? Well, I thought that Georgia would want to get one of those really top tier receivers, maybe in this class. But I think that'll come in a in a transfer portal. I think I, I think Denylon Morissette is great. Dylan Bell is the type of guy, like you said, that fits who they want to get. But in terms of you know, back in the summer, it, it, speaking of A and M, Evan Stewart, right, was a guy that they thought they would be able to try to go after, and, and then Luther Burden, and none of those guys seemed to hit. And then now there's been a change at wide receiver coach, so we'll see what happens next. Uh, next recruiting cycle on that but in terms of what Georgia got I mean you talk about being able to reload they got they got three guys at inside linebacker that I think are going to be able to uh, stack in there and play right behind you've got sorry Munden uh, and uh, Dumas Johnson that are there now that are going to be taking over for the three that just went out but then you've got Jalen Walker, who is as good a leader as you'll ever find, uh, just mature young man in terms of his his makeup and his cognitive abilities and, and how he carries himself, but he's also 
quite the player. You can't say words like that on the dog bench. Now, cognitive, explain what that means to everybody. This, this is a really low-rent vocabulary place. So explain that. You know, Does that mean that you've been able to think on the run or what? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. He, he processes things very quickly. Like he's able to die. You can watch when he sees on film. When you watch his film, he's diagnosing plays, and he's, he's shooting gaps. And, and also, he played on the edge in high school, but he's going to play inside. And then you add to it EJ Lightsey, uh, who they just signed today, and then CJ Washington, who's uh, basically – uh, Nick Chubb 2.0 in terms of his body and being from Cedartown and all that, but he's going to be on the other side of the ball. He did run the ball for the Bulldogs of Cedartown a good bit as well, but uh, those are three really strong guys. And then, of course, on the edge, uh, I know Georgia's returning Nolan Smith and they're returning Robert Bill, but adding Marvin Jones Jr. and Michael Williams, I think those are two guys that could, could produce year one for Georgia, especially Michael Williams. Yeah, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. One of those guys. But uh, I would say this about Lightsey. Uh, I asked Schumann, Coach Schumann, our co-defensive coordinator, about him a couple weeks ago because I think he had committed to Florida and then decommitted. I'm not sure you can get me right there. But I said, are yes, we sir. really on this guy? Is he a backup plan guy or what's the deal? He said, no, we really like him. He's, he's grown. He's up to 207. He can really run. And I watched some tape on him. It reminds me a lot of Rantes Grant that played for me at linebacker. And he can uh, he, he can really accelerate. I saw him here when he's on his official visit. Got a lot of room for growth. He's wily looking. But, you know, you just look at the speed and quickness that N'Kobe Dean possessed and the way we're able to run players down inside out. That's what they're looking for in space now. you got to have guys that can play every down as one of your inside backers because you got to substitute – in the secondary with nickel and dime guys, but you, you'd hope that you can get every down guys that can play the run in the pass. And that's why they're maybe not getting quite as big kids starting out as inside backers that can really run like uh, the, the kid uh, you mentioned from Salisbury and, and also Johnson. They can, they can run like Quay Walker and, and uh, Channing Tindall and like that. So, uh, that's a good, accurate appraisal there. Uh, I think uh, O-line was a position that was really a little light in the britches as far as around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, p- players that were, you know, not, not the stars that we've seen before, but we were able to get some good young bodies in here to, you know, keep keep them, let them develop more developmental because we got some guys who are trying to get in the line up there. So tell us a little bit about the O-lineman there, Blaine. Well, as far as guys that they were trying to get in on, you know, Devin Campbell, there was even uh, – he signed with Texas today. There was even word that they were trying to get him in to, to visit late, Georgia was. And then uh, Tyler Booker early on in the class, it came down kind of between Georgia and Alabama. He goes to Alabama. But Georgia ends up, you know, bringing in uh, Alu Ba. They flipped him from, uh, from you know, Florida State. Uh, we saw him at Roddy at the Rivals Five Star Challenge, and he does not want to talk to us at all because at that time he was committed to Florida State. But he ends up. Remember, he he had just visited Georgia. Yeah, he he gave uh, our guys at the Florida State site about a forty minute uh, interview about how much he loved Florida State, and we uh, started to talk to him. He's like, "Oh yeah, Georgia. Oh, I can't talk about him." But yeah, you know, he, you could tell there was something there that Georgia had made a really strong impression, and then a few weeks later, we found out he was going to flip. So, um, but you're right, a Lou Ball—that's a massive human being. 
No, he, he is for sure, and I think he's a guy that he could – you know, the thing that uh, Coach Don and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that w- thing that Georgia looks for in all their uh, offensive line classes is versatility, like you saw, you know, with Sawyer being able to play guard and tackle and things like that, and I think they accomplished that in this class, having some of those uh, offensive linemen. Uh, interior, you know, you got a guy named uh, – from. Grayson and Griffin Scroggs, who will be more of a center probably as he goes on. They got uh, Drew Bobo, Mike Bobo's son, and of course, um, and then Ernest Green's the big the big fish that they pulled in uh, coming all the way across the country from Bellflower, California. He's a he's a four star. Could have been a could have been a, a about a five star type uh, type guy in my opinion. He's six five three thirty can really move. So Ernest Green from uh, from California is is the big big one that they pulled in in this class. Also, tight end-wise, even though we've got them stacked up, uh, just the Oscar Dell coming in here is huge. Uh, and uh, didn't realize we were getting a recruiter in his mother, too. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's on the uh, internet. Dane that, might, Dane, that might make for a nice piece of you'd catalog all of <laughs> Mary Delp's tweets. I would say that those are going to start cutting back a little bit now that he's in the poll, based on uh, a guy I know used to play for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it didn't happen with Chris Milton. So there, there's some of the parents that stay pretty vocal on Twitter. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not saying yeah. that's a bad thing either. So don't, I hope you well, it's okay. But, uh, you know, you just got to be really careful. I mean, he, it's, it's a, it's well, as long as you're talking pro Georgia, you know, come to Georgia type stuff, it's when they start talking smack about other players or something like that. That's when it gets a little iffy. And she has not done that. She never would. But I'm with you there, coach. And sometimes you, you just worry. You know, and Kirby's wants to cut out any possible worry, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, Mary Delp has been fantastic. Follow (laughs) one thing about Oscar Delp: all all year long, uh, people worry about him going to South Carolina. South Carolina, I mean, you know, I mean, really, nothing wrong with South Carolina, but uh, that kid wanted to come here. Uh, It was, uh, you know, you just got to play it out. The same thing with Kristen Miller. He enjoyed the recruiting process. I mean, he enjoyed his trip to Florida A and M. I mean, he, every place he went, he went. You know, he was the, the man, and you could tell in his interviews today, very gregarious, very outgoing kid, and he he's just life of the party. So, uh, some of these guys like to take it to the max. I mean, they're going to take it all the way. And uh, but uh, we, you know, we we've yeah. got two guys there, and Bear Alexander and him inside that I think are probably going to have to develop some you know just normal being an inside guy sometimes it takes you a little while but uh, because they're so dominant in high school they have a tendency to think they're they're gonna be able to jump in there but but uh, I saw Carter the other day I was over there I mean get real uh that guy is just actually scared he's got a smile on his face and all but if you walked in uh, up to him and around him and saw him you would be afraid I mean you would definitely think you would feel, and he doesn't make you feel like that. He's very outgoing, but if you don't know him, you would think I'm history. I mean, <laughs> it's, the guy is a stone man. He, he's just something. And then 77, I got brain lock here. I'm trying to get it. Think of the kid, the offensive guard, but Devin, uh, Devin Willett. Yeah. Willis, uh, I happened to see him and he's always been a kid that I've tried to talk to a little bit. And somebody said, sent me a thing where a guy said, Don only talks about the guys that he talks to. Hey, I don't talk to a lot of them, but I think that's part of my deal here. If I talk to them, I'm going to tell you people. So yeah. don't, don't, uh, I can't, I can't talk, else is getting that. Hell, I can't talk to all of them, but that, it's because 
just because I talked to Michael Williams and uh, and Jones, that doesn't mean that uh, I don't think those other guys were good that weekend that were in here. But that was part of my role that week, and I tried to talk to them. But I'm going to get back to this. I'm defending myself a little bit. But I'm just going to tell you that Willis – has had a complete body transformation. Scott Sinclair, uh, Collier Perno. I mean, he had some heavy baby fat on him when he got here, and then he got hurt a little bit, and he wasn't able to work like he needed to. So that first year was kind of a transition. This guy right now, I promise you, he looks like a pro offensive lineman. He's felt. He's he's down to about three thirty. Yeah, he's felt, man. He's 330. He said, Coach, I need to get a little more quickness. I'm, you know, and he's serious about it. And uh, I guess they told him to lose a little bit. But this guy looks like the dancing bear right now. I mean, wow. so we got him and, and uh, you know, and we got Tate coming back, uh, another guard, and then we got Mims and, and, you know, all those guys. So, But I, I'm always impressed with a guy that knows what he needs to do to make that move. You know, hey, look at me now, and what can I do to get on the field? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So he knows that besides just a strength factor, playing a guy, uh, you know, those offensive guards that play against those two techniques and three techniques, you got to have some quickness because those guys on the other side of the ball, that's why they're there. They're a little quicker. So uh, just self analysis by him and just talking about it. I mean, I was just impressed with the fact that I didn't have to bring it out of him he was just talking to me about hey this is what i'm doing I'm, i've got me a good plan and so uh put those radar antennas out for him dane you watch 77 uh and i like 77 because that's my age now so i like 70. <laughs> coach i wanted to ask you just about the assistant coaches and is there a problem with the calendar now in recruiting because seeing brian mcclendon go to miami and then leave and come to Georgia, you know, within the last week. Seeing you mentioned Kevin Steele, he was recruiting for Maryland within his first week of the job, and then he leaves and goes to Miami. Is there a calendar issue here? That you know, normally, play- normally you don't have any of these things happen until tomorrow. Usually, they, they get these guys and they say, "Look, you're going to recruit to the end, and then if you're going somewhere else, let's do it." Uh, but this is kind of different for me. I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen guys change in the middle of the stream, but, you know, not a couple of days before signing day. And, of course, of BMAC, I mean, I'm sure that uh, Coach Cristobal told him, hey, that's that's where you're from. That's what you want to do. It's no need to prolong it because that would have gotten out. Uh, people like Roddy, you're always looking for stuff like that. I mean, you know, you we can't. We mentioned it three weeks ago. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's what I mean. You, you, oh, you're right. That's our job is to, is to have that stuff down. Yeah. I don't. When I don't want to typecast just people like Roddy, I think you're great, Roddy. <laughs> I mean, but I think it's just uh, the situation right. is such, Dane, that it, it's just a lot more out there. You know that so and so visited or so and so. So, and uh, I'm sure that that uh, Brian looked at his career path and. What does he want to do and how does he want to get there? I, I mean, I think any way you look at it, uh, you get a chance to coach for your alma mater that's, you know, uh, defending national champions. Um, that's got to be a, a lot better career path maybe than Miami at this point. But I do think Cristobal will reunite that area down there and there'll be more of a threat uh, qu- more quickly maybe than even though Florida State has a little bit more of a head start on him. I think they'll, they'll get those in-state players from uh, – 
from the 305 area code. And, uh, you know, I think they'll do a good job. Billy Napier uh, will do the same because he knows the Nick Saban blueprint. And I was glad to hear from Nick yesterday that, you know, about the NIL and just made a statement, hey, we don't cheat. We've never cheated to get any players. So I'm, that's nice of Nick yeah. to tell you that. Yeah. I, I didn't really know that. I, I, I figured that he never had cheated. So it was nice to hear that. Those comments and then the ones from Lane Kiffin <laughs> saying that Texas A&M should have a luxury tax. <laughs> And then yeah, uh, Jimbo Fisher went nuclear. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jimbo needs to. Uh, that that. Uh, I mean, it, you know, those guys aren't coming to College Station to go out and go to the boogie clubs. I'm telling you, there's some there's something going on there. I don't know what. I guess I'm not going to accuse them of anything, but you know, now you can do the NIL. So, but uh, I can early you, adapters, coach. They're early adapters. I can tell you, they got. A lot of oil money down there, a lot of yeah. oil money, and uh, a lot of ways to do it. So, uh, there are gonna be a lot of car commercials from those uh, young men. We're not gonna get into that, but reality is that the NIL is what it is, and we'll uh, we'll go on. But good job on that uh, analysis there, uh, Blaine. And so, as you know, everybody here is already worried about three uh, 2023. So, Give us a little update on uh, – is there anything else we want to talk about this class, Rodney, or did we cover that no, pretty good? No, I, the only thing that I – when you talked about the Georgia's needs versus, you know, addressing its needs, I thought uh, uh, Blake nailed it with the uh, inside linebackers, you know, some of the areas they hit. But I would just want to touch on that defensive line and Trey Scott getting Bear Alexander, Sean Washington, uh, Kristen Miller – uh, Michael uh, Williams on one end and Marvin Jones Jr. on the other. That That's five across the front, Coach. It looks pretty tough. Yeah, that's great. And uh, when, tell us about uh, Sean, uh, about uh, about him a little bit. Uh, people don't hear as much about him as they do. Tell us about him, Blaine. Uh, Sean Alexander is a guy that, that Georgia really – kept in touch with while he was going through some things. He had to, to make a move of schools for academics and things like that. He left Warren Eason and didn't play his senior year, but yet Trey Scott and, and company brought him in over the summer, uh, saw him saw him do some things, uh, kept tabs with him and his, his trainer uh, down there in the New Orleans area. It's a young man who went through a hurricane this this year, got removed from his displaced from his home, and through all this kind of stuff, he just kept training and working and, and getting his body right. 6'5", 305 um, when he comes in uh, to Georgia. We'll see what his official measurements are You know, now that he's here and everything, what they put out. But he's the type of player that Coach uh, Don, and this is what he told me, he said uh, Coach Scott told him they see him being able to play three technique or in a, a in a, a nickel package maybe even sliding out to 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 a, a head up four or, or a five technique when they need him to like he's a guy that can go all the way in and out yeah okay uh, i know what scott's telling me what he wants to hear how's he look on tape what does he look like i want he's I want, got, tell me about it analyze it tell me about it he's you're, you're he, he, jeremiah now breaking down tell me how he looks on tape and this is an interview for you to get on the nfl network tell me, tell me about yeah. it 
He's got he's got he plays with heavy hands, right? He's got a good punch. He when he comes off the line of scrimmage, he's really got a good punch, is able to penetrate the line of scrimmage pretty easily. I mean, he was playing guys that obviously he's a lot bigger than, but uh I I saw good get off at the line of scrimmage. His top end speed, he's not like a like doesn't run like a Jordan Davis uh at le- uh at least right now, but you know, he's a he's the type of guy that is is good at the at the point of contact. Hey, that's what I want to hear. I know that's what you got You got in your repertoire. That's why I'm bringing it out of you, man. I want you to tell your stuff here. Uh, every coach is going to bullshit them and tell them what they want to hear, but I want to hear I want to hear from you uh, your analysis of them. And, uh, so, well, I wanted to hear some analysis from you. You've coached some pretty good uh, defensive yeah, backs I over I the year. Watched, I haven't watched the D linemen as much as I, I did the – Oh, uh, no. But I watched the uh, – DBs and some of those. Yeah, guys. that's what I was going to say. You co- you've coached some great DBs over the years. What do you think about this DB class? I think it's among the best that's ever been recruited uh, by any team anywhere. And uh, they they saw the needs here right off the bat. They were fortunate enough to get Muschamp on the road right away uh, to give you two defensive backfield coaches recruiting the heck out of them, plus your head coach is a defensive back background. So uh, the needs were there, and they, they we got a really good break on a couple guys that uh, were going to other places and, you know, turned them around, particularly Everett. I mean, people are telling me over there right now, he's turning heads here. Uh, I mean, he's just a very good-looking kid that we need right away. And you, you see some of us, uh, fourth- and fifth-year guy and even a first-year guy leaving here. And the handwriting's on the wall for them. You know what I mean? For just from the standpoint, of it's going to be hard to play with these young guys stepping in. So I, I think we're going to have an elite secondary, maybe not quite as skilled at knowing what to do right away, but just talent-wise. I mean, a lot of guys that can help Ringo and see, uh, you know, and Smith. And uh, we'll get Tyke Smith, too. So, you know, our secondary is going to be a real strength for us. Coach just pretty much said that when you're recruiting, if if it's Marcus Stroud and he wants to play quarterback, oh, well, you know, we can think about it. We can, we can. Oh yeah, that's, that's, true. that's true. But uh, not to the. I wasn't trying to bust. You know, the yeah. most coaches are pretty. You, you don't get where you are by telling them what they want to hear, but you you do try to make vivid descriptions of comparing them what what they could do and where they can line up and comparing them to a you know like Devontae White's good that's what I like to hear from you Blaine and you've done a really good job of telling everybody tonight what uh, everybody's capabilities are because you watch the tape and you were previously a high school coach and you know what it takes to 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 make that jump to this level I mean uh, it's very difficult to project some kids some of them have already reached their zenith and they're not going to get any better, but that's you why. You said vocabulary on this show. You can't use a word like that. You said vocabulary. He didn't learn that at NC State. <laughs> so, uh, so I just think basically our guys, uh, if you look at some of the three stars, we've got three or four or five three stars, but you look at guys that we've developed that were three stars like Jordan Davis and whoever it was. So these stars don't mean anything to Kirby. Uh, he knows what it takes. He knows what the players are. But uh, I think he really solidified himself this year with that win just because, you know, you not that he needed it, but uh, – he, he did need it, Coach. I, I think he no, did. I mean, he, he did need it, but, I mean, sixth year, though. Come on. Yeah, well, I was saying it was – He needed it, but, I, but what I'm saying is he, he has a 
the typical thing is to say, oh, he's a great recruiter, but, you know, yeah. he's not a, a the, the game coach and all that. But look at his record, all the games they've won. But I can just tell you this right now. I've run into very few players that became coaches that have the ability to not only be an expert at one position like DBs or, uh, you know, linebackers or offensive line or something like that. I, I know when I interviewed with Doug Dickey when he was a coach at Florida, I was amazed at his total grasp of the of the all 22, you know, what he could do. Uh, ask me the question. That's the way Kirby is. He knows all 22. He knows the techniques for the quarterbacks, for the receivers, for the O-line, and special teams. You know, a lot of teams on special teams, the coach, you know, goes in there and meets with them and looks, sits in the back of the room and watches it and just shows support that he's he's behind it. Hey, Kirby's right up in there with the tape, right up there jumping them and, and encouraging them and all that. And a lot of teams, you know, they have their special teams report and they go over it and their scouting report and, you know, have it in by Tuesday and we'll have, hey, 7.30 Monday morning, that special team better be on their piece and cues because Kirby's going to put their ass through the ringer. He's going to ask you all the questions that you need to ask and they're going to be ready. And you look at our special teams with three different special teams coaches and a guy that went down this year as a special teams coach over six years have been among the best in the country week in and week out. And that's because the demand that's placed on them uh, during practice uh, and the, the, the way we're able to, uh, you know, use those to our advantage. So uh, I, I think that was a miraculous job that Robbie Disher and all those guys stepped in for Cochran this year, along with Hartley, who's really a, uh, one of the best punt guys in America. And then, of course, Muschamp and all the other guys stepped in there too. And when you look at the class of 2022 and say who can make that immediate impact, Jake Camarda was amazing at Georgia. And so Brett Thorson, big shoes to fill, and we'll see if he's up for that challenge right away. You talking about the Australian guy? I am. Yeah, well, he might be able to. We'll see. That'd be fun to watch. We're, we're talking a little bit about Texas A&M and, you know, some, a lot of the kids out there uh, with some good NIL deals and they'll be doing a lot of commercials. We're going to touch on a couple commercials right now. I, I want to let folks know that I'm sitting at the golf simulator at Classics and Eats where you can actually come in here and play golf. You hit them against this backdrop, take out your clubs, you know, you just uh, whack it into it and it lets you know how far it went. It's a blast to play. You can play a ton of different courses. Don't come out here and play Pebble Beach. Come on and do it. Of course, they have great food, and I'll show you some of that here in a second. They brought me a bunch of uh, wings and chicken tenders. It's fabulous. That's why I love coming here. Uh, if you are watching the show, you know that we have four main sponsors. They're, of course, our friends at Academia Brewing Company, uh, Athens Ford, Pure Pie, and Dead Soxy. And I'm going to bring up our friends at Dead Soxy because they have a special deal that I want you to know about. Uh, you're Getting close, it's the second, uh, you've got 12 days before Valentine's Day gets here. Well, they actually have a Valentine's Day special. So you'll be able to get, if you want to get some great socks for the man in your life or the woman in your life, you know, hit them up with, go to check out the Valentine's Day sale. The code is FOOTSY, F-O-O-T-S-Y, and you can get a 30% off of any of the orders at Dead Socksy. They're fantastic socks. 
Uh, very comfortable. Something you'll enjoy wearing year-round. I'm wearing mine now. And, you know, hey, they're lucky socks. So, of course, you can also get the Georgia-themed socks, or you can get the business-themed socks, or you can get just the uh, colorful styles. Anything like that from our friends at Dead Soxy. Check them out. Uh, they're the most comfortable socks you'll ever wear in your life. So if you want to get something for somebody that you love, get them, get them socks that they will love. And also yeah. want to talk about our friends at Athens. Hey, you're all. to be there. Hey, I uh, also want to miss our friends out at Athens Ford. Great supporters of the this program. Great supporters of the Georgia football program. Uh, they're huge uh, in the city of Athens, or excuse me, the town of Athens. They take great care of their community. I, I say that every week. It's because I mean it every week. You know, they do a wonderful job when it comes to charities and such. But they also. It's the best place you can go get a new or used vehicle. Everything you get out there, any of the new ones, any of the uh, pre-owned vehicles under 80,000 miles, will have a lifetime powertrain warranty on that. You can't get that at every Ford dealership. You say, oh, well, I can just get it at the local one. No, you have to come to Athens Ford if you want to get that. So uh, if you look at their reviews, they're through the roof. They've won so many awards for customer service. It's uh, I don't think they have enough room in that uh, trophy case out there. Speaking of, there's probably nobody that was more excited for Georgia to win this uh, championship than uh, uh, the folks at Athens Ford. I could tell you that uh, uh, Brian out there was beside himself. Just uh, He's probably still crow. He's probably still at his feet, haven't touched the ground yet. So uh, if you want to go out and buy a vehicle from Georgia fans, people who have the same passion that you do for the dogs, you can't do wrong by going out and checking, their, checking with our friends at Athens Ford. Uh, Blaine, I did want to touch on something there. Uh, Georgia gets a running back in Andrew Paul that not too many people know about. But what caught my attention, you talked about the last three uh, games he had. When his coach in that 750-minute uh, presentation earlier today, when he finally started talking about him, he said that kid had scored 41 rushing touchdowns and three receiving touchdowns in the year. And, Dane, I'm not – Great with math, but what what they play at twelve games out there, thirteen games in Texas high school football. I think they once were you get into the playoffs, yeah, it's gonna be something yeah. like that. They were thirteen and one, I think, on the right, year. Forty four touchdowns. How many is that a uh, a game? How many touchdowns is that a game? A lot. It's almost three. Almost three. <laughs> I haven't taken graduate level statistics yet. Okay, give me a break. I just say that's pretty damn good. You know. Yeah, three three point one four. A game. So 21 points a game that you just chalk up. And they said that uh, their punter basically had to start sending out uh, long snapping videos because, or the, the long snapper had to send out stuff uh, just doing stuff because they didn't. So after about the sixth game, they just stopped punting. This guy averaged 9.7 yards a carry. And you're getting at Branson Robinson. And we never talk about Branson Robinson. This is a, a guy that's, you know, the number one running back in the nation. We never talk about him. You know, we'll talk about Jaheim Singletary, the, you know, top cornerback or something like that. But no one ever talks about Francis Robinson coming in. You got him and Andrew Paul together. You've been talking about him every week. I talk about him. Nobody else does. Okay. Well, that, talk that's, talk that's about him some more. Talk about him. He's good. <laughs> but I'm just saying 44 touchdowns to me, that caught my attention. In Texas, that that yeah. uh, that, that impressed the hell out of me. Are you talking yeah. about Paul or Robinson? Andrew Paul. Uh, Andrew Paul, 44 oh. touchdowns last year. I thought you said nobody talked about Robinson. My bad. That's what I get for taking a break. <laughs> but uh, but anyhow, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the uh, the 2023 class at this point, Blaine. What do you think? Well, I mean, 
Rivals right now has a ranked second in the country. Don't give me that, Rivals. I want to know. Hey, Rivals, they they can't handle your jock. Those (laughs) guys can't do anything close to you. Tell me what what you think. I think that Pierce Sperlin is a type of athlete that Georgia maybe has not seen. I know Brock Bowers has done some amazing things, but he's not six foot six, 230 pounds and can line up outside and go catch a fade over somebody like that. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what Pierce Sperlin is, the body yeah. control he has at that size. And then you got uh, some uh, Georgia. One night of uh, you were at the game and you showed me some stuff. I was impressed with that too. Yeah. And then you talk about uh Bo, uh, Bo Hewley, Jonathan Bo Hewley. I went and watched him play against Buford in the state championship game. This is a young man who is just massive at tackle. I mean, and, and he can bend, he can he can move at that size. He's he's a big kid. And then of course Marcus Washington. Uh, he's got Georgia, you know, running through his blood there. He's a Georgia legacy, and and Coach Donnan, in terms of the guys they're going after, they've got a bunch more Georgia legacies there that they could end up uh, landing in this class. Yeah, I like those legacies. I mean, Mike Lucky, good player. Those Lucky, I mean, I don't know that many coaches say they had. And of course, Coach Goff got them here, but not many guys had three guys out of the same womb playing for them. You know, what I mean, unreal there. That was triplets, unreal. They did a good job, and and they've all developed. Uh, uh, and have been good fathers and, you know, good family, you know, good family, man. Uh, just, I've been so impressed with the lucky triplets and uh, just glad to have, I kept asking Mike, I said, when's he going to commit? He said, coach, he just wants to make a few visits and all. And uh, <laughs> so uh, you knew it was coming. Hey, now he, in terms of, in terms of Lawson, the thing that stands out to me about him and his game is he is a tenacious blocker. Like he is, he he may have the chance when he gets on campus at Georgia, if he sticks with the commitment, and everything as we expect him to, and signs with Georgia, he may end up being one of the better blocking tight ends that Georgia has when he arrives uh, there because he he just gets after people, and that's in seven A Georgia football, which as all of us know that I mean that's no joke. Yeah, great. You know, you better be a good blocker tight end here. You won't be on the field. I feel like I've heard about Justice Haynes for so long that he should have been a senior two times over by this point. But that's because of what he was doing as a freshman in this state. Uh, I, I just I think the sky's the limit for that kid. We got to get him committed, though, don't we? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's out there. I think you know Ohio State is one that that you really got to worry about there. They really impressed him on on his trip up to Columbus. But you're right, Dane. I mean, with uh, Veron Haynes, it's all Veron can do right now to say, all right, I'm not going to get in the middle of this, you know, because. But he he told me about watching the national championship game with his dad. He said he said they were watching it together, and then Veron said he's too nervous and went to his room, watched it by himself. After the game was over, he came back down and said, "Go dogs," and then went. <laughs> to bed that's what uh that's that's how veron handled it with with justice then he came to the championship uh celebration didn't he yeah i, be- I believe there yeah he was there on his on a visit how would you compare haynes and webb the kid in jacksonville uh they're thunder and lightning you know what i'm saying i mean uh when, when you talk about uh Trayon webb he's a guy that he he could honestly end up playing at oklahoma and, and other people were even talking about him he could play db he could play receiver he could play running back i mean he's the type he's more of a james cook type back in my opinion and then you got justice haynes who's more of a downhill uh 
can carry the load. He legitimately has carried the ball 35, 40 times in games in high school, uh, which I know he wouldn't get anywhere close to that at Georgia, but he can carry the load when you need him to. How about that kid from Texas we had that came in here, uh, the running back for the for the junior day? Uh, I know they're high on him too, right? Yeah, Reuben Owens the second. Reuben is the type of guy very much in the same mold as a Trayon Webb. He's a he's a guy who they use a ton on wheel routes. I mean, they must have been watching Florida's film from two years ago because all they do is run wheel routes with him out of the backfield, it seems like, uh, which, which is what Reuben Owens does. But he's been very much so a outside-the-tackles runner. I think he's got to work on uh, – developing his game running in in between the tackles some and he would do obviously do that if he came to came to georgia we'll get on those uh we'll get on those uh other positions in a minute but we're going to talk about arch manning but how about that again california that uh that coach munkin went to see how good is he and the one in texas for 2024 uh, you're talking. You're talking about uh, Dil- Dylan Riola is the one that was. He was in Texas. He's just recently moved to a, a big high school in Arizona, uh, and I know uh, Munkin and Faulkner both were out there visiting that school. Twenty twenty four guy. Who's the twenty twenty three guy in California? Oh, uh, uh, that is a uh, Nico. I'm a I'm a Leva. I can't pronounce his last name, but I just call him Nico. Uh, big. <laughs> he's a he's a he you talk about a a long son of a gun i mean he's six foot five six foot six his arms look like they stretch on forever and it's just one of those coach donnan that when you see him release the football it looks like he's he's, yeah it looks like he's barely throwing it and it just zips out of his hand yeah i I tell you doing a good job we're playing jeopardy you'd be ready for final jeopardy answer these questions because i can't give you the guy's name but i know that uh, i talked to monk and he was he was going to visit that kid out there and uh he was fired up about him but you know you got to have some backups i mean you just can't put all your eggs in arch manning's basket but certainly george has put a lot of emphasis on there with kirby going there you know during the the season and then going again uh you you know watch basketball game and then uh, Munkin and Luke and uh, and and uh, Buster Fogger went down there uh, last Friday night, the last really day that anybody was out, and uh, so it's uh, it's just a different world out there. You got to go. You can't even talk to them, but you got the symbolism of being there, and they know George is there, or Nick Saban's there, or whoever it is, and and people don't realize in the recruiting world that. Basically, the only time you can ever talk to them is when you're on your campus until they become a, a recruitable athlete, which is after their junior year's finished. So, uh, but I'm hoping that Arch will come back here for spring practice or spring game and then maybe come here for the camp and then uh, we can see how it's going. But I know what his coaches say and all that. What, what, how do you feel about it right now, uh, Blaine? What's your, what's your take without looking at all these other people saying things? In terms of in terms of Orchard Arch stands with Georgia or just his right, game over, right. overall. Hey, this is Georgia show, man. We ain't worried about any of these other schools. <laughs> no, no. I'm, well, in terms of Georgia, I think Georgia's the favorite for for our Arch man, and, and and the reason I say that is because. One, I know you're when you're a Manning, you're probably not gonna you're gonna say all the things like you're not worried about uh, depth chart and all that kind of stuff. You know, you got to go compete. Well, here's the thing: 
you got a guy like Quinn Ewers, who's to me a, a Patrick Mahomes like guy that just goes to Texas, who was a big competitor. I think that helps Georgia a little bit because honestly, Stetson Bennett's going to play quarterback for Georgia this fall. He's going to be the, the quarterback this fall, and then that puts everybody on on an even playing field when Arch would would come in for Georgia. I think that's a ideal scenario if you're if you're arch manning and i think uh, the relationship between all the coaches at georgia the man and family and what georgia uh does offensively gets quarterbacks whether you like it or not that it, it can get you prepared for the pro game because uh it's a very pro style type offense and very similar to what a lot of these teams are, are doing uh in the pros now exactly and i think uh the fact that munkin has such a good feel for, you know, the pro game and the different protections that you got to teach the quarterback how to say who's hot and set the line as far as the mic and all that. You know, a lot of these teams run a spread. They just hurry up. And I think in Texas case, it's a kind of a come to Jesus type deal. I mean, when are they going to start winning? I mean, they keep talking about it. They're on their third coach in like five years. And, uh, you know, everything – they, brought, they got Gary Patterson in there helping them now, a defensive coordinator. Uh, uh, you know, uh, he was a great head coach, but he's a defensive specialist. And now I see he's assistant to the head coach. Uh, he was a the, the AD at Texas, is used to be his boss at Texas A&M. So I, I don't know how uh, how the coach felt about it, but I, I, I figured that, that was something he brought him in there to help him a little bit. But this Texas team is spiraling the wrong way at the end of the year, but they've had a good recruiting year from what I've understood. <coughs> what are they like third? Uh, yeah, they, they were, they were inside the, the uh, top five or six, I believe, I, especially included uh, with uh, Devin Campbell. I can look that for you right here in just a second. But in terms of the other team, I think that everybody worried about early on with arch was uh, Texas finished fifth, by the way, but Texas, um, other than Texas and Georgia, the two teams that kind of come up most prevalently, Ole Miss and Clemson. Clemson, I think, is kind of in wait-and-see mode. I think Clemson's got tremendous roster management issues. Uh, they had very, very – you know, there are certain positions where they have a just dearth of depth. I mean, they, they do not have it. And, and unless Dabo Sweeney elects to break his – uh, tradition of not going to the transfer portal. I don't see how that gets any better for you when you're not taking as many kids as you need to. Uh, and then, of course, I just don't see the Mannings and and Lane Kiffin's uh, style matching up at all. So yeah, I mean, he's not a running quarterback like they use. Uh, I mean, he can run, but uh, and it's, in the case of Dabo, I noticed that he took a transfer, but the guy started out at Clemson, then he transferred. So does that even count? <laughs> And now he's back. So it's the blood oath. If you go there first, you can go back. I can see that quarterback they signed from Texas this year, that Klubnik, is the real deal now. I I watch yours and watch those other guys and that that kid Wigman or whatever his name was to AM. But, you know, I get to watch some of these guys blame once in a while. I don't watch them like you do, but I really like Klubnik. I think he'll help them. He's Clemson style quarterback. If there's any team that has to redirect, even though they won 10 games, they lost their offense and defensive coordinators. They lost a really good recruiter in Bates. I mean, they, they've got a staff change that you normally have occasionally, but Clemson hadn't had like any of that happen in like eight or nine years. So it's going to be interesting to see how they react. I, I like the quarterback coach. I think he'll do a good job as a coordinator. I don't, I don't know a lot about the defensive guy. But, but anyhow, uh, 
you guys take back over the show. Uh, Blaine's done a good job, and uh, I, I think he passed the test, and we're going to let him work for Rivals for another week. <laughs> well, we, we, got, we, got, we got one more I want to ask him about because you've n- named a bunch of good guys, Coach. We mentioned that uh, Georgia needs some uh, wide receivers. Uh, they got a new wide receivers coach. Did uh, any of the 2023 guys kind of peek their heads up when they found out that Brian McClendon was going to UGA? Yeah, I mean, the number one receiver in the country, Brandon Ennis, who Georgia's been recruiting since he was an eighth grader, uh, playing with Kenny McIntosh at University High School down in Fort Lauderdale. Now he's at American Heritage. And guess who uh, was just in to see him when he was there at Miami? It was Brian McClendon, and he was singing the praises of Brian McClendon uh, before uh, McClendon came to Georgia and immediately uh, was very excited once uh, McClendon ended up you know, being announced at the University of Georgia. Also, current Georgia commit Raymond Cottrell, who was a guy who, after Hankton left, he was kind of unsure and talking about, well, maybe LSU might be, but he was uh, – I talked, I spoke with Cottrell after the McClendon hire, and he said that he was, you know, over the moon excited about how that uh, how that hire went. So, I think uh, Kirby hit, it, hit a home run right there with the wide receiver hires in terms of – uh, the guys who are excited about McClendon. Um, anytime Brandon Ennis, he's a guy that he's a he's a game changer. He's a program changer type guy. Like that when he comes in, um, what he can do after the catch. He even he's so athletic right now. They use him at quarterback and do different things like that. But he's the type of guy that uh, route running ability, uh, ball in the air after the catch, he can do it all. Great. All right, we're gonna let, yeah, you get to work another week. Coach said. I was going to give you five days, but Coach is being generous, so you can uh, stick around from at least through the end of the week. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Pick up a check. All right, we're going to let you go, Blaine. Blank, great right. job. Appreciate it, my friend. And, uh, before we get too far away, I do want to mention our friends at Your Pie. Hey, look, there's a you got some big events coming up. You got the Super Bowl. We get to watch Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl. Uh, while you're watching that, I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to have one of those giant Your Pies. Let me get the uh, honey. Uh, Hot honey barbecue, uh, hot honey pepperoni pizza. I'm gonna get the big one. That's gonna be my Super Bowl treat. So I'm telling you, when you okay. go to order one, uh, be sure to grab the, uh, do it on your app. Pick up your phone, hit the Your Pie app, order it that way. Get a lot of points, get a lot of free pizzas, get a lot of free uh, breadsticks, free salads, free gelato. Uh, I think, yeah, hot honey pepperoni. That some bitch is good. So uh, I think they have a new, yeah. They have plant-based vanilla gelato. Plant-based. Don't ask me why, why you need plant-based vanilla gelato, but they got it. So, uh, but, and also, if you need a different type of crust, you need a gluten-free crust, you can get that on your uh, uh, pizza. If you need, if you're uh, doing keto, you need a cauliflower crust, you can get that. So they got everything you need at any of the Europeans. Hit them up, check them out. Yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy the food there. And, of course, I also want to mention our friends at Academy Brewing Company. If you're not... Uh, Watching the Super Bowl, you know, if you want to go out and watch it, some players, you want to have a nice play. If you're in Athens, you want to watch it. You're not watching it at a friend's house. Swing by our friends at uh, Academia Brewing Company. Uh, this week, they've got live music. Of course, they always have their uh, beer and bis- biscuit brunch. Uh, they put up a picture this uh, past weekend of their French toast. It looks amazing. Uh, but the live music is going to be uh, uh, Sarah Moots on Thursday from 6 to 9. But... This is a great place to watch a big game. They have giant televisions all over the place. They have the big projection screen. They have the lounge. They have the beer garden outside. 
fantastic beer, fantastic food, great uh, camaraderie out there. You just can't find a better place to watch a Georgia football game or an Atlanta Falcons football game or hell when all the when the Braves get going. So uh, if you want to go watch a Hawks game, check that out there. So when, if you're in town, you want great uh, craft beer, you want great food, and you want a great place to enjoy it all, check out our friends at Academy Brewing Company. All right, Dane, we got some questions here. Well, before we get to some questions from uh, our Facebook and YouTube audiences, I do want to share a message from one of our listeners, and this was just very heartfelt. So I want to share this. This is from Chris. He sent this to me last week, and I'm going to read it. It's a paragraph in its entirety. He said, I'm hoping on your next podcast with Coach D that you can mention my beautiful mother, Lorraine Shelton, who retired from UGA and just passed away from dementia. She was on her deathbed and held on for her beloved Bulldogs to bring home the title, and she passed away Wednesday after the championship. I assure you she passed a very happy lady, and she loved Coach Don and everything that he stands for. This would mean the world to me and my family if you could uh, and it could put a smile on the face of my uh, beautiful mother who's in heaven, and uh, she's an Athens native, bleeds red and black. Thanks for the work y'all do. So, uh, Chris, there you go. We appreciate that and deepest yeah. condolences. And, you know, it's uh, a lot of people were counting on the Bulldogs for that last win and uh, for different reasons, but uh, certainly helped her, I'm sure, as she went to her final resting place. So uh, I'm glad that she enjoys watching the show and uh, she probably not going to uh, have more championship feeling than that one. I guarantee you that. <laughs> So, uh, Lorraine Shelton, rest in peace. And, uh, Chris, thanks for watching, and we send love to your family. Amen. Uh, I, we did get some questions in YouTube and, and Facebook I want to get to. One that I remember seeing off the top of my head, just where do you think Malachi Starks winds up position? Because he can play a couple of different things. Well, he's going to be an excellent special teams guy right off the bat because he's smart and he's very uh, played both ways in high school, and that's what Kirby's always looking for right away to, help you mature and learn, uh, you know, if, you, if things don't work out for you, uh, getting on the field in a certain position. I think based on our needs, though, uh, safety is something that we need. Uh, depth, we need athleticism. Uh, some of those younger safeties look good, but they hadn't had much work, you know. So uh, I think it'll be a defensive back. But he, he has the ability to play receiver, uh, and, you know, Wildcat quarterback, he was a quarterback in high school. He ran the wing tee, but just a quality person, great family. You know, the first thing, you know, sometimes Kirby says things about kids and it sticks in your mind. But every time he's ever mentioned Malachi Stark to me, which is maybe three or four times that I ask him, great family. That's the first thing he says. <laughs> and, you know, you remember things like that, like, Champ Bailey, great family. I mean, Lorraine Bailey, come on. I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that's going to be big for, uh, for for Starks and the fact that he grew up, you know, 30 miles from here, always wanting to play for the dogs, I would think. And it's just uh, at this point, like I used to tell guys when I was trying to get Georgia on their minds when I was recruiting, I, I, would, I would use that thing that I use at Oklahoma and I'd say, Hey, when you go down the halls, like what kind of hats are those guys wearing? And, and instead of them saying Georgia, they were saying, well, Florida and Tennessee. So I didn't say that too much my first couple of years, but then I started saying, and they, Hey, everybody's wearing a George hat. And who do you want 
when you want to tell everybody where your next visit's going to be, your you know, you know what schools you're considering, you know, you say Georgia first because everybody just like today when Kristen Miller. It's oh, nuts. It's like, uh, hey, that made everybody happy. So uh, I just think we got a lot of a tidal wave of good things happening uh, as far as, you know, being able to take advantage of this this victory that we had. And uh, it's just going to make recruiting even better than it was. What's the schedule look like for the, the team in the coming weeks? I'm assuming there were some individual meetings with guys to kind of see what their goals are. But I mean, spring yeah. practice is not that far away. Yeah, coaches, uh, you know, the next couple of days, I, I normally, but you never know with Kirby, they usually take off a couple of days after the signing date. What I meant by that, Kirby's got the hammer down. I don't, I don't mean to sound like he's till of the hunt or anything, but uh, I would think the coaches are off a few days and then they come back and then they start doing the self scout for last year and, and analyzing the players that are coming back and talk about what they need to do to develop and what their goals are for them in the off-season program as far as strength and conditioning gains, speed and quickness gains, and then uh, be able to you know give the co- the strength coaches their uh, ideas about how they want to work with these guys position-wise to, g- to get them ready before the actual spring practice, uh, which starts you know middle of March and then the end of uh, April, middle of April of spring game. And uh, – you know, making sure, number one, they get off to a good start academically because there's 16 or 18 guys here that have never been to school here before. So uh, that transition is going to be even more important that, you know, a guy, all of us have been off to school in that first week. Uh, I don't need to go to class. I mean, I'm going to go out at night and all that. You know how that – Roddy, Roddy didn't do that. But, but you know, you got to really kind of coach him up and counsel him on that and, you know, guys like – uh, Jonas Jennings and his staff and Austin and those guys that help them out do that. Uh, you got to get them oriented and uh, we're going to need some depth from some of those guys. I don't know that they'll be able to step in and play right away, but uh, we're going to need those guys to step up. So, uh, but uh, that'll be the schedule up until the spring practice. Uh, the kids have uh, a lot of different things during the week that they'll do as far as working out with weights and then doing some conditioning drills and things like that. And then rehab guys coming off injury, uh, you know, they really have stringent rehab that Ron Corson and his staff puts them through. And we've had a couple of surgeries already. I've seen uh, Roddy mentioned one to me today, that Madden kid and then Bear Alexander, they both had. And the reason what happens a lot of times with these kids in high school, they hurt their shoulders because they don't know how to protect themselves and they don't know how to use their technique that they need to. And a lot of times big guys have that injury. You know, they just, uh, you know, they're just trying to overpower people instead of using technique and they overextend a lot of time. And a labrum injury is something that happens to a lot of big guys coming in and you really don't uh, know it when you're in high school, but when they come in and get the physical, they, they find that out. So they take care of that early and, get them ready. I mean, it's, it's a significant injury, but when you got plenty of time to heal, it'll help them and their young bodies, they'll be all right. Uh, here's a fun question from Robert Piper. Coach Donnan was a great recruiter. How does he think he would stack up against Kirby Smart as a recruiter? Oh, I don't think, I don't think I can <laughs> hold the candle to him because I can't burn the midnight oil anymore. Like he does, uh, uh, got text all night long. I mean, he uh, texts in his dreams. So, uh, 
I mean, I feel like I could hold my my own on some things, but nowadays, with the internet, with all the things you got to do with the the phone and all that, I'd, I'd be kind of weak on that. But I guarantee yeah. you, I, I guarantee you one thing: if it got to be me and him in the home, I could hold my own in the home with him. But <laughs> and he would tell you that. But uh, I hadn't. If I could get in the guy's home and had a fighting chance, I had a chance, particularly if I had plenty of money in my wallet. <laughs> Get to mama's gumbo. That's what he's saying. No, hey, we didn't. But, but no, I, no. I feel like – You're as clean as Alabama, Coach. I feel like, yeah, we had a lot in common, man. So uh, uh, the, the thing that I would say about any recruiter, if you're going to be any good – and I always – when somebody tells me, He's a good coach, but he doesn't like to recruit. Well, the guy's not going to be a very good coach because you've got to recruit those kids once they get here for four years. You just don't get them here. You got to keep working with them. You got to have them over to your house. You got to talk through the bad times and the good times. You got to motivate them. You got to have some fun with them. You got to play ping pong with them. You got to play pool with them. You got to play cards with them. You got to do some things to uh, make them feel like there's more to, 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 than that and find out who their girlfriends are. And, you know, just a lot of things. It's just, you got to really develop a relationship with them and, and continue that. And usually that'll continue for the next, after they get out, you, you know, I've told Roddy and Dane this, I'll tell the people on there. One of the things that particularly, you know, with, with my situation in the last seven or eight months, one of the things that makes me the happiest is when I recruit, a guy that I coach calls me up or says, hey, coach, can I come by and see or something? Like, hey, I'm just telling you, just like family. I mean, and that's nothing uh, except the best feeling in the world. Say a guy have two or three kids, have a good job and and, and be a, a good father. And, you know, you feel like you did some things for him. That just doesn't mean that Georgia or Marshall or anywhere. You just, you know, wherever it was, I mean, uh, that's what you got to do. And I think that's what Kirby does extremely well. He's he's very genuine. And he's brought these guys back from the past that really are feel good about what they're doing with Georgia. You know, I mean, the, the ex-players and, 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 and high school coaches. Like, for instance, uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week, Georgia coaches were in Macon with the high school coaches who have in their – High School Coaches Association, the whole staff. Kirby went down there Tuesday, spent time with them, just chit-chatting and hanging with them. I mean, uh, he, he flew all over the state, Coach. He went to – I mean, it seemed like there was 10, 12 days there where he was – I'm talking about Monday and Tuesday when it's a dead period you could be here. He was down at Macon talking to high school coaches. I'm just saying it was amazing to see how many schools he stopped. Because oh, we yeah. see, we'd see him stop at a school, you know, fly in in the helicopter – and then we'd go look, who do, do they have a D1 kid? And we were looking through the roster. We're like, they don't have a D1 kid. They don't have a D2 kid. But Kirby stopped by their school and, you know, spent 15, 20, half an hour talking to the head coach down there. I thought that yeah. was just a great yeah, – I mean, he, I mean he, he just came off a national championship. He could big time all these guys. You got to miss fences once in a while, some of those places. <laughs> so, uh, that maybe happened from before. But he, he he's tireless on that. He's, he does great. I'll tell you one thing, too. Josh Brooks – open up the checkbook. I mean, we don't worry about going on those uh, uh, commercial flights. I mean, they're coming in out of Ben Epps like uh, like LaGuardia here on those private planes. Our guys are everywhere. And uh, you got to spend it. That's the way to do it. 
And they're going to be able to charge it too. Now they want a title. We're going to see those uh, sweet fees probably go up and uh, maybe some uh, ticket prices. Yeah, I understand they're going to put some more sweets there where the uh, where the uh, press box is. They're going to take that yeah. down. Move they won't do that for years. Yeah, move the press box down toward the end zone. I do um, want to mention before we wrap this show real fast. I had an event at my day job over uh, at Grady College today, and we it was the fiftieth uh, anniversary of Title Nine is this year, and so we had an event with Joni Taylor. Uh, the president of the Atlanta Dream came down as well, and a couple uh, UGA athletes and, and former athletes. And uh, Joni Taylor was asked about Georgia's football national championship. And, you know, in some ways, does it swallow and, and Georgia women's basketball not get the coverage that it deserves? And she pushed back immediately. She said, oh, it does nothing but help us. Our players get excited about it. Our fans get excited about right. it. It's good for everybody. We love that the football staff comes and supports us. We go to support them. Uh, so Georgia's spring and, and other fall sports really benefit from what happened in football, too. Hey, Kirby got no choice when it comes to women's basketball. When his wife said, let's go to the game, they're going. <laughs> That's good. That's a great point. I love it. Hi, right, folks. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. We appreciate it. the tennis team. Men's and women tennis team, you know, qualifying for the ITAs and uh, going into indoors. I mean, men got to go out to Seattle. I'm not sure where the women are, but these guys just keep rocking. Uh, you know, Coach Diaz, and uh, you know, is doing a great job. And then, uh, you know, women's tennis, awesome Jeff Wallace. So uh, Coach Wallace is a – Yeah, just keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to good baseball. And you got a new track coach and golf looks good. Uh you know, things are trending up. They were just uh, – who won this basketball? Did we win tonight or not? They they did not win. No, Georgia did not win. Okay. Arkansas uh, – Jed May, Jed May just tweeted out a uh, – he overheard one of the Arkansas fans say, thank God I came to this basketball game and not the football game. So <laughs> – He also said Arkansas drove 12 hours to play and is driving 12 hours back tomorrow. Because of, uh, of bad weather? I, and maybe is there a winter storm coming in the middle of the country? I don't know. I'm assuming. Well, you know, he's even tired. You couldn't beat him. Damn. So uh, let's get that. Right. I want to tell you this, Roddy. This guy from Arkansas, who I'm on the uh, you and Dane, I'm on that uh, Rolls Award thing with him. So he has a radio show out there, kind of like somebody has around here. So he called me up the day before the Georgia game. And uh, I said, look, I'm not going to make a prediction about this game on the air and tell you about what Georgia needs to do and all that because it's not fair. But I will talk a little bit about it. But he said, if you want to, you want me to give you what I think out there, I will. So uh, he said, well, what do you think the score is going to be? And I said, 35 to nothing. But <laughs> I, I, said it, I said it in jest because I wanted to really piss him off, you know. So – and then after the game, he said, how did you know that? I said, well, you know, I had a good feel for it. But I really just said You're that. such a liar. So he, called me, he called me back after the championship game here last week in, in between our last podcast and said, hey, I just want to tell everybody, Coach Donovan had a great um, prediction when Georgia beat Arkansas. And he said, hey, how, what made you think all that and everything? So I went into a lot of it and told him all this reading. I said, hey, I was just kidding. I was just trying to jerk your chain. You know? <laughs> <laughs> At least you came clean with the guy. But that's funny. That was, that was a hell of a shutout. Yeah. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a real war daddy win there. I mean, that, that showed me right then that 
our defense was for real because we, you know, we we played okay against Clemson for sure, but and you know UAB and but boy South Carolina, but boy that was just it dominated. Yeah, that's you know the thing about Arkansas that's really kind of surprising is they're losing some really good players to the portal. I mean, some outstanding. Mm-hmm. They wanted to ask me about Brini and all, but they've lost some really good starters to the portal. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, that's the portal's getting everybody. I was looking down the list of SEC teams. You saw some with uh, 17 guys in the portal, 15 guys in the portal, 12 guys in the portal, 11 guys. You're like, where really? the hell are they all going? Because you're not seeing 12 guys being added to the SEC teams, 11 guys being added. Last year we recruited that Alabama got that Wheaton kid. He's going to go to SMU. That really surprises me. Yeah, it's just it's mind-boggling. So, hey, it's a new era, and uh, we kind of saw that today. We didn't put a post up about signing day until about nine thirty. <laughs> um, yeah, because that w- that was the first time that something happened. I mean, normally on signing days in the past, we were up at like five a.m. and you've got all your graphics ready and you've got everything oh, ready to go. All over the country covering it. Yeah, too. yeah and it's uh, it's and I would do five, six different radio shows. I didn't do one today, which is great. I enjoyed it, but it's been uh, it's it, it's a it's a completely different world with uh, the way the recruiting is spaced out, the way the NIL is changing it, the way the transfer portal is changing it, the way the coaches are changing it. Um, it's gonna it's, oh. hey, but it make it makes for fun podcast. I'll give you that. So you didn't yeah. do any radio. I did one. No, well, where did you get? Where, where were you in some uh, ESPN Coastal in Savannah? I love those guys. Good for you. Way to go! Uh, I will be in Savannah tomorrow. So. You going to Savannah? Where are you speaking? No, no, I'm going down there for a concert. Really? What do you play? What's your? I'm going to listen to a concert. It's my uh, it's my Christmas present from my wife. So. Oh, good. Enjoy, enjoy. That'll be good. And, and then, hey, uh, and then I do want to point out the uh, right after that on Friday and Saturday, I will be down there for the eight or for the uh, classification A. Sectionals and wrestling. Uh, all hey, go, go get him, Allie. We, we want you to win. Yeah. Hey, he's a good. Win. I hope he keeps up the good work. Hey, going to tweet that stuff out as a proud dad. I like seeing <laughs> pinning people. So that's yeah, so, yeah. We'll, hopefully he pins them. So he's uh, competing in sectionals, and the winners at sectionals get to go to state. So he's down there going to be fighting Where's for the state. His, uh, state's always in Macon. All so right. They, always, they play the, that giant Macon Centriplex. Been doing that since I was in high school back in the 1700s. But, uh, yeah, so he's got to win at sectionals to uh, advance. So we're going to go down there and support the Athens Christian kids. Uh, they've got 12 yeah, kids in sectionals, yeah. uh, 12 out of 14, which is pretty damn good because they, the program is pretty young. So, anyway, that's where I'll be Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday. And uh, we hope all of you will join us next Tuesday at noon. We'll be talking Georgia football. And uh, we will be back. Thanks to you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. It meant a lot to us. Uh, we had a, uh, I thought coach brought a lot of energy to the show and we appreciate Blaine for coming on and being a good sport and letting us uh, just harass the hell out of him. It, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, good and job. We, good yeah. job, Blaine. And uh shout out to all of our sponsors. Of course, Classic City Eats, where I am right here. You need to come check them out. Athens Ford. You need to go out there and get a new vehicle. Dead Soxy with their Valentine's Day gifts. Uh, Academia Brewing Company. Uh, come watch the uh, Super Bowl out there. And of course, your pie, whenever you want a great pizza, salad, sandwich or gelato hit them up and uh be sure to tune in next tuesday at noon we will have a, another brand new episode of uga sports live we'll see you then